Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Modern Aged Middle Life, a podcast brought to you by Emily Baum and Graham Jarvis, comedy writers addressing modern day confusions for the middle aged. So I was scrolling through Amazon the other day, getting quite excited, looking at all the potential opportunities to buy things I don't need. And I came across a new LED set that you can plug into the back of your television, which basically creates a halo effect across the back of your television and lights up your room. And I really wanted it. <laughs> I really wanted it. In, in these days of COVID, I suppose the halo effect is you're desperate for somebody to say, hello, is that right? You're just desperate for any social interaction, Graham. It's bad, <laughs> isn't it, when you're trawling through Amazon trying to find things to spend money on. Yeah, it's yeah, it good. is, especially because they're not going to deliver it. No, so I no. got so excited by this LED because it's not even, it doesn't even light up the front of your telly. It lights up the back of your telly so that your wall lights up. But it just looks amazing. And it made me think about all the different pieces of tech over the years. Nonsense tech. You know, the stuff that you would drool over. Yeah. That you would suddenly go, I, I really want that. I really want that. And what is it that's in our brains that makes us go, I, I really want that. I know I don't need it, but I really want it. Well, I think one of the earliest bits of tech I really wanted was to be like Columbo. What? Detective? Yeah. Short for. <laughs> yeah. Private dick okay. is what you wanted to be. <laughs> Sadly, you only went to be public dick. <laughs> so, but like when we were growing up, yeah. I always wanted a speak and spell. You wanted a speak and spell? A speak and spell. Yeah. Do you remember those? It uh, looked like an oversized calculator, but it had numbers as well as letters. And a picture of what looked like a mad scientist with a big beard and glasses. And it was supposed to teach you how to spell words. So it would say in a very robot-y voice, a bit like Stephen Hawkins, it would say, spell catastrophe. And you'd have to go, C-A-T. <laughs> and, and I never got further than that. Well, I come from Grimsby and we're not known for the speaking so much. But we are really good at spelling, yeah. Smelling. Sorry, misheard you. So, speak and spell made me very excited and it did yeah. incentivise me to want to learn to spell because I really wanted to speak and spell. How old were you? Sort of in your 20s? 40. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I just, it just really, I never knew why I wanted one. Mm. Did you have anything like that that you really wanted as a kid that was electronic? Oh, you've spoiled it. I was thinking a pack of cards. <laughs> <laughs> we used to play out the front with a hoop. And a stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of those, one of those little doll. Uh, what do they call them? That you wrap the string around and you pull it quick and it spins. Like not a spinning top. It is a uh, spinning top, of, isn't it? Remember those spinning tops where you had that thing on the top that you pumped up and down? Yeah, <gasps> yeah but that was a baby's toy, wasn't it? Yeah, they were quite cool though. Yeah. Don't get me—they're quite mesmerising. Yeah, because they got more advanced, didn't they? I remember seeing an electronic one when Scott was quite young, where it flashed pictures as you went round. Isn't that something they use when they're reprogramming people's minds? They flash images in front of it, and then you become an assassin for the government. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I've had too much time to watch too many films at the moment. I, I would love to have a drone, really. Really? Is this going back to being a peeping Tom? Well, I'll probably uh, fly over your house to make sure you're actually where you are. What other tech have you experienced as a child or an adult? 
that I've really enjoyed that is completely useless. I'd have thought you'd have wanted a wind up bat. Really wind throw your mother that would, wouldn't it? <laughs> I would love a wind up bat. That would be awesome. Oh, is that a pipistrelle? Is that a pipistrelle? <laughs> no, it's the clockwork mechanism mother. <laughs> well, the thing I wanted, back to your question, tech. I really, really wanted a little radio because my brother had got this little radio. It's like a spy's radio oh. um, it was tiny at the time they called them matchbox radios because i guess they were about the sizes of a matchbox i was too young to use matches so i hadn't got a clue i've got visions of you all sat around the playground with a pipe <laughs> <laughs> well when you were little we did used to go down the docks where there was a lot of findings of old clay pipes i think around all rivers around the thames they said they discovered a lot people i suppose just threw them away mm. made pipes out of clay and just dumped them Anyway, I really wanted a matchbox radio because, as we know from a previous episode of Modern Age Middle Life, jealousy features in my wants quite a lot. And my brother wanted one of these for Christmas. So, of course, being the younger brother, I had to say, I want one too. So, much to my brother's, uh, did, I got did one Did you as both well. get one? Yeah. Oh, that's all right then. That's right. It wasn't a case that they gave one to you and not him. That would have been awkward. That would have been awkward. But I'm still alive, so clearly he, <laughs> that didn't happen. But also, if you were saying it for peer pressure, that would have been uncomfortable too. Because you're like, I want a matchbox radio. And then when it came to the big day, actually what you wanted was a My Little Pony stable. But you got stuck with a matchbox radio. Yeah. Well, the bad thing about the Matchbox radio was that I wasn't really that keen on listening to the radio. I was going to say, if you were both, did you share a room? I've got a feeling you shared <laughs> yeah. a room and you both had radios going. Yeah. Well, he loved listening to the radio. He listened to sort of distant radio stations that came in and out. Like, I just didn't have the time for that. Also, annoyingly for him, as he was trying to listen to, and here's another, I would say, I can't hear anything properly, can you? And he'd go, shut up, I'm listening to this. So, no, I wasn't a very good radio listener. I'm sorry, were you talking? <laughs> the best, the best, 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 I think, electric thing was one of those multicoloured torches. Multicoloured torches? Yeah, where you've got like little sliders and you can have... Ah. Red filters come over the yeah. green or... We used to have torches that would then project a picture and you could change the pictures on it. Remember oh, that? yeah. That yeah, was yeah, quite yeah. cool. I quite like that. Yeah. Again, totally useless. Yeah. Of no real use. Yeah. But it was great fun at night being able to put pictures up on the wall of Disney characters or whatever it was. That was great fun. Exactly. Disney did them big, didn't they? I remember Scott getting Scott one of those and, uh, yeah, you sort of try and focus it that's the main to get your character consuming right. bit of yeah. it to get it in focus did you ever have those binoculars that you press the click button on the side and it would show you another image so they weren't oh, really yeah. binoculars they were kind of like fraudulent binoculars no. that would show you photographs yeah. of people's houses yeah but the pictures were always really weird they were never pictures yeah. you would as a child normally want to look at no, they no. were like two people outside the front of their house. You're like, why am I looking at that? What am I, a peeping Tom in the making? What's going on? <laughs> well, I'm not going to comment on whether you are or not. <laughs> Obviously, just in case any police are listening to this Shh, podcast. Someone's at the curtains. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for a moment when you warned me someone's at the curtains, I thought it might be you I and mean, popped around. <laughs> This is our first podcast in isolation, isn't it? It is our first podcast in isolation. And you can probably sense by my tone of voice 
that I desperately want to be out of isolation. I feel like I've been sent to my room like a naughty child for misbehaving and I'm not allowed out. I don't like it. You don't seem to mind isolation so much. I'm not enjoying it. No, I don't mind isolation at all. And I don't mind going out. Obviously, I enjoy being in the company of other people. But at the moment, it does seem that the world's gone a bit weird. It seems like there's a COVID-19 virus going about. But there's also something more psychologically damaging going about, where people are gathering together. When you say you're not supposed to to be together they'll say oh we're not and you'll say uh you are i can, <laughs> <laughs> can blatantly I can see <laughs> that you and your 10 family members are picnicking <laughs> i think what they're doing is assuming you're going to accuse them of doing something and then deny that that's what they're doing they might be doing something else as they say in the courts of law he's not being found guilty of what he's been accused of so he's definitely guilty of something but you've picked the wrong thing so people saying keep your distance keep two meters keep two meters away two meters away and then they'll say oh did you drop this and they'll come really close to pass it to you and you'll look at it and think, no, that is not my tissue and I don't want it. <laughs> I miss going to the supermarket like a normal person and just sort of wafting up and down the aisles. Haven't you always felt that? <laughs> I do. I miss simple things, though. Don't you? Oh, well, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> not that simple. <laughs> <laughs> OK. OK, so I'm going to up the game. So we've done the torch with the multicoloured slides. Yes. We've done the little uh, binoculars uh, with the uh, weird uh, photographs inside. And we've done the strange focus backwards and forwards of Disney characters. Yes. And we've done my Matchbox radio. What about you? What tech can you reveal to us from your early... From my early memories. I had an early computer game system, which was like the binocular system, but it was like a racing game where you had three lanes of traffic and you would run either side and you would have to try and avoid the traffic by holding these binoculars up. And you would find yourself sort of listing and tilting to either side. It was really quite addictive. It was good fun. Yeah, sounds very strange. It is a bit weird because you were looking into darkened binoculars. It was like looking into giant ski goggles. And when you look back at it, do you think you actually used that for more than two minutes? No, I used to play it quite regularly because it was quite addictive. You'd keep sort of picking it up because it was early computer games. It was about habitual behaviours, wasn't it? But it did make your eyes go a little bit funky towards the end. One of the favourite games I had, not electronic sadly, was balloons. Balloons? A series of balloons. And around the balloon was this plastic circle, like a track. And the idea was you had one of those like a little skewer thing that you could go like this whoosh with and a little helicopter thing would take off because it's spinning from the skewer thing. So it's all mechanical. And the idea was to try and get it to land on one of the uh, tracks around one of the balloons. And I think it was called planets or something. So the balloons are supposed to represent planets, the rings around them like Venus, you know, Saturn and all the rest of it. And uh, it was great fun. It was really good. It's completely non-electronic. But I think that I've got really fond memories. But I think I probably only played it about four times. But it was great fun while you did it. Whereas Scalectric... Oh, love really a scale popular. But the thing is, in a lot of households, you can't have them down for very long. You know, if you've got one of those parents who's got a lock, got a railway and trains buzzing around and cars, good for them. They've got space. But most houses, Skeletrics only came down for a, a day or two and then were put away for months, weren't they? Yeah. Or were you in your house 
all our bats and tiles, did you have a room, a Skeletrix room? We had a games room, Graham, yes. Well, we had a snooker <laughs> table and we were allowed to, when we had a Skeletrix. But Skeletrix is one of those things, you kind of play Skeletrix for a while and then once you realise psychologically that all you're doing is going around in circles, literally, you kind of get to a stage you go, why am I still doing this? Because there can never be a winner yeah. with Skeletrix. You're just going around forever. There can be a winner. I mean, didn't you have a figure of eight track then? We did have figure of eight. But usually, because we were all impetuous children, we would just squeeze the accelerator, the car would fly off, hit the wall, and then that would become a whole different game, which we would enjoy a lot more than the actual racing, which was just <laughs> yeah. anyone who could you get their car, the car falling off. Yeah, it was great fun. But I've always <laughs> wanted, and this is a deep, dark secret, Graham, I've oh. always, <laughs> oh, always tell, wanted tell. a robo-vacuum. <gasps> now, I know I don't expensive. need one. I know I don't need one. I know that the dog would probably attack it or try and hump it on a regular basis. I know the tortoise will probably try and hump it on a regular basis. But there's something about the idea of having a minion in your house to clean up and hoover after you. I quite like that idea. Yeah, I'm waiting until they develop the house vacuum so it can double up as the lawnmower. They've got a lawnmower version. It's the same thing. It's just and a the... round thing that goes up and down and does your lawn. Well, it's a similar thing, but it's not the same thing, is it? You can't say, right, you've done the carpet, good for you, now pop out and do the lawn for me. But what if you did double up and it got confused and it mowed your carpets and hoovered your lawn? Well, presumably you could sue. <laughs> I don't know. But after Dyson have done all these ventilators to get rid of the coronavirus, mm. perhaps they'll listen to this podcast and think, oh, yeah, that's, that's the a great direction idea. we should be going in. Why don't we blend yeah. all of our products so the hoover, the hair straighteners and the hair conditioner will just combine it into one element. So we'll have one yeah. particular element that can suck things up, blow things out <laughs> and straighten you out. <laughs> I think it'd be a bit scary to be the person prototyping the hair curlers as the carpet sweeper up a lawnmower thing comes towards your head. I don't know about you, but I'd, I'd be just a tiny little bit scared. A bit nervous. Be like, How, what is the failsafe on this? What happens? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> to be fair, not many people know how many strands of hair they've got on their head. But they so would notice the... if they weren't there anymore. <laughs> they probably would. Or if there's a big swathe, like an anti-Mohican, a big pink line across the top of your scalp and this I, thing chomping. I do think having a little robo-hoover... It's one of those things you walk past in Costco, isn't it, though? And you get excited and you go, ooh, robo-hoover. Uh, and then you go, 199 quid. And you go, what? <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. even empty its own bag. So uh, That's terrible. I know. In this day and age, I don't want to be bag emptying. If I'm having a robo-hoover, I don't, I don't want to have to go, got to change the robo-hoover's bag again. I was reading one of those consumer review articles on this very thing. Have you finished your Ruth Rendell, then? <laughs> Good Lord. I was sitting reading a consumer health... Oh, were you? <laughs> somebody does. No, I, I don't read novels. I'm still at the level of... John and Jane. Not that far. It's uh, reading the ingredients on packets okay. of things. So ice lollies <laughs> and things like that. It keeps you occupied for a while because you have to wait for the ice glaze to melt before you can read it. Was that entertainment? You'd say, oh, I know what it contains. Can I have it now? Do you think you are better equipped for isolation because you had 
such a dire childhood. <laughs> <laughs> and you had siblings that blatantly hated you. I'm just throwing that out there. It could be. Now, now you've mentioned it, I'm not really... You are literally the only person I know who is revelling in the fact that we are having to self-isolate. Everyone else is miserable. They're drinking too much. They're eating too much. They feel redundant. They feel moody. You, you're practically ecstatic. Yeah. You're making shadow puppets with yourself on a regular basis. Well, if they'd spent five years being entertained as I did as a child by looking at the little dot on the centre of a TV when they switched the TV off and it went, the little dot went to the middle and you'd say, oh, clearly this is pretty good what we're in now. I mean, I do think if we were having this isolation period when I was a teenager, we didn't have any Wi-Fi We had cassette players and TVs and CD players, maybe, and, of course, record players. But we didn't have internet. We didn't have websites. We didn't have many games machines. We didn't have all of the, you know, streaming. We didn't have any of this. What would we have done? I think I would probably Uh, have had more fun. (laughs) I do. I think I probably would have done. I would have been out in the garden building stuff. Whereas now, as an adult like that, can't be bothered. Because I'm usually too drunk to bother to do it anyway, because it's so depressing. You have to anaesthetise the experience of having to spend time with your own family. (laughs) I ordered an entire joint of ham. I've eaten half of it. Okay. Just bragging. No real reason for that statement, just bragging. That's the end of it, is it? Yeah. It's because I was so bored, because we can't get hold of food. So the food that you can get hold of is usually like large sums of food. What sort of stuff are you short of, then? My wife won't let me go to a supermarket. She thinks I'll die. Okay. So we're waiting for home delivery slots, like everybody is. But in between home delivery slots, because usually there's a two- to three-week wait to be able to get one now, we're having to try and source food however we can. So I bought an entire Serrano ham off Amazon. Okay, wow. So 28 quid, and I've eaten probably about £14 worth. (laughs) (laughs) And it arrived on Tuesday. Today is Friday. Well, it's lucky you wanted ham because I believe they're not doing so much of other products, are they? Electronic goods are often sold out. They're not delivering them. Because people are bored. So garden games have sold out. People are buying, um, like, flowers and plants and stuff to do the garden. We're all going to have bowling greens for gardens at this rate. But yesterday they asked people to stop doing DIY and gardening. Well, how can they ask people to stop? We've got to do something. We can't spend all this time with our families all the time. That would just be weird. Well, the reason they asked them to stop was because of this thing known as the incompetence of human beings. They're desperate that the hospitals are kept available for people who are really ill through no fault of their own. And if you're doing things like using a saw or a drill and you drill through your foot or you saw through your hand or you put a spade through something, that's using up hospital space. So they're saying, please don't do stuff. Why are people doing DIY in the hospitals anyway, Graham? <laughs> Perhaps they're mistaking the hospital for uh, B&Q. I don't know. <laughs> How, I, can, I can see that happening. I can see people being at home and going, I bought that nail gun six years ago. I wonder if it still works. My mate Peter, Mm. who? Peter who? (laughs) He worked in a fish food factory when I was a teenager. And on his lunch break, he wanted to get people to pay for his lunch. And he said, if you'll buy my lunch, I will put a staple through my arm. They had staple guns. Mm. So we're not talking about little 
teeny-weeny paper staplers in the office were talking about a stapled gun that stapled wood together. And some bloke said, yeah, all right. So Peter did. I said, you're mad. But did it go through his flesh he... or just into him? Yeah, into his flesh. Do there you, know you go, all sorts. I'd have bought his lunch for that, just for the sheer fun <laughs> of it. I'm open to most things these days. I'd have a go. Go on, Peter. Yeah. I'll buy you an extra sandwich if you do it all the way up your arm. We had Pierce your own ear, two days Peter. A... Two days ago, we had a man come to our front door. We've got a gravel drive. Yeah. You know. Now you're just showing and, off. And uh, knock on the door. Doorbell going, thinking, gosh, sounds a bit urgent. Went to the door and there was a man there, started walking towards me. So I backed up because two metre rule, we all know. And he had a leaflet he wanted to pass to me. And I said, I'll just leave it on the doorstep. And this leaflet was advertising power washing your drive. What's he planning on doing? Rinsing your gravel into the road? Seemed a bit daft. So what did, you, what did you say? I didn't give him the chance to say... We've been doing a lot of pressure washing down your street. We're doing your neighbours. And we thought... We're in the local area pressure washing people's gravel driveways and saw you and thought maybe you might be of interest. Have you had coronavirus? As far as I know, I haven't. But Jill's convinced we've all had it mm. because she's been coughing like a good one over the last two weeks. She also felt her voice was a bit different to normal. And Scott... She could just be going through the change. Yeah. Exactly. My eyes were a bit watery and all and various symptoms. But who knows? That's the thing about isolation. You just don't know, do you? You don't. And by they're the saying they're they going to swab these... us. Are you are. They're going to swab us and tell us whether or not we've had it or not. I don't think these tests are going to come out in time for any living human, do you? I think our great-grandchildren will say, oh, this is what great-grandma wanted. I remember in her dying breath, she said, I hope you get the swabs. <laughs> Modern Aged Middle Life was brought to you by Graham Jarvis and Emily Baum.